na 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 Days of Future Past is out opening night with a packed theater of people with a noisy two-year-old behind us that eventually got escorted out. Yes, the new X-Men movie's here, Devin. Next time, <laughs> let me know before you do a musical interlude before that. <laughs> no, 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 I almost threw up in the back of my mouth. Can I start on a personal note? Okay. <laughs> Is I got into comic books because of X-Men the Animated Series. It's the first comic book show I ever watched. I loved it as a kid. So I've been an X-Men fan for a very long time. That's one of the best cartoons ever made. So, so I'm going to be rather biased towards any X-Men film. However, I'm... I'm very sorry. Nobody's perfect. I can still, you know, be objective about the flaws and the loopholes and the inconsistencies. And there know. were quite a few of them. So, you know, I'm not blind to these things, but I... I enjoy the concept of the X-Men. Okay. You know. Yeah. Na-na-na-na-na-na. Okay, enough. So... Yes, sir. <laughs> Where would you like sir to begin? Altitude. Well, we start off in the future. Now, this future is different than what we saw in The Wolverine. Because that had an end credit sequence of Xavier Magneto. And that seemed like a normal present-day movie. And then this starts, and it's a post-apocalyptic future where everyone's enslaved and... So I'm like, how much longer does this take place after? It said 50 years from 1973, so 2023 makes it nine years from now. 2023. And I guess the Wolverine was present day. And look at you doing math. Let's see that, Mike. That was just, uh... It's impressive stuff. That was just elementary deduction. You might be a mutant my with dear, your... My dear Watson. With your math skills. Right. Because addition is such a complex matter. Alright, let's address the elephant in the room. Okay, how many? I can count five, <laughs> seriously. Um, <coughs> how does Xavier live? Good, that was, that was a good one. <laughs> Within five minutes of the film starting, there is already a glaring, glaring problem staring us in the face. His name is Charles Xavier, played by Patrick Stewart, who in X-Men The Last Stand was killed, literally dissolved... By Dark Phoenix. By Dark Phoenix. Yes. And even though his... In the end credit... The after credit sequence in that his movie... His consciousness was transferred... That's right. Somehow... To a guy in a coma. That's right. His soul died. So it would make sense that... Okay... But not a guy that looked like Patrick Stewart. That's right. <laughs> so somehow, unexplained, Patrick Stewart is back yeah. in a wheelchair and all. Same guy. Right? Just a little more aged because of the future and being in a battle and such. But how this guy survives is quite literally never touched in the movie. No, no attempt. Never touched. Whatsoever is no my explanation. Opinion. No nothing. So it's like, okay, that's the first insult to my intelligence. Which is odd because <clears throat> they try to explain other stuff. Yes, they did. They went, but again, Mike... They made an effort. Let me preface most of what I'm going to be saying here in terms of the negative of this movie. 
my biggest complaint with people who do sequels or prequels is that it doesn't seem like they go back and watch their own films. Yes. Because even a cursory rewatch of the four previous films, you could have gone, There's n- what happened there? What happened there? They said this there, but that didn't happen. Yeah. They're just like retconning or re-explaining things in a different light. But this, they just chose to not touch which kind of blew me away at first, and it was a little bit off-putting. I was, yeah. I was not happy. Some stuff is understandable, <laughs> not this. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely ridiculous. The whole, oh, Magneto knows about Cerebro because he helped me build it line in the very first movie. They just chose to kind of re-explain that away yeah. in X-Men First Class. Okay, I get it. I mean, they at least paid attention to it. Because they this... met each other when they were a little older in life than when we kind of thought they would. That's right. And in, and in first class, um, Hank McCoy, or, or Beast, is actually the creator of Cerebro, at least the prototype. Yeah. So they explained that. But at least they, they took time to doctor that element of the story. Xavier's apparent revival, they took zero time. Yeah. That, which was kind of insulting, to both to the character and... And the they audience. haven't even spoken for ten years when this movie begins. Because yeah. Magneto was in jail. Exactly. Exactly, it's kind of nuts. So, so yes. Yeah, so now that that's over. So spoilers. In the end, Jean Grey and Scott come back because the timeline is fixed, and they are alive. The, yes. So right. a big objective of the movie was to erase what was done in the Last Stand, which he did successfully. The only yes. problem, the only problem with what he did, <clears throat> is is it was such a it was such a a poor reset because of the plot and elements of the plots that he he almost how do, how do I say this everything in the very very first movie in the 2000 was very very pristine you were introduced to these characters they still kind of functioned as a secret society mm-hmm. sort of a paragovernment organization and mutants were quote unquote first coming out I know that's a very poor phrase in terminology considering the subjects that are touched <laughs> in the next movies but uh, you know um, yes, and Singer himself was just coming out. Yes, yes, that's that's correct. So you could see how Singer sort of returned his future cast or current generation cast X-Men series to that pristine state. All the characters are back, the Academy's back, it's functioning how it yes. was, etc., etc., okay? But the way he went about erasing that was very poor because in this movie, and as we're still at the beginning, but as we progress in this movie we'll see the various plot elements that he introduces actually just make irrelevant the plot devices of the other movies. So it's one thing if you're saying, hey, you know what? I didn't direct the last film. I didn't like the way it was treated. I'm going to use this film to kind of do a retro continuity on it. Yeah. He basically said, by the way, you just wasted your time watching the other two movies after the first one. Because everything is nullified. Everything. Yeah. The, the whole cure concept is nullified. The William Stryker experimentation concept is nullified. At the end of this movie, because William Stryker no longer takes Wolverine in the 70s. So it's like, okay, well, so everything I just watched was a, a lie. When we see him at the end, it's really mystique. That's correct. It's really mystique. Right. So it's like, okay, well, all this huge, huge... He didn't die, though. He's still out there. He is still out there, but he's apparently a, a different being. Or a different man now, because events have changed. But Wolverine, 
is the front runner in this entire series. Yeah. So much so that he has two spinoff movies, which are both terrible. But anyways, he's still the front runner in the entire series. His biggest character arc is finding about his past that he doesn't remember yeah. when he first comes to the school and talks to Xavier about his experimentation, the Weapon X program, William Stryker, etc., etc. Yeah. He has officially... Not done any of that. Nullified anything that's happened in the past, sucking a huge portion of Wolverine's character out, which is, again, like the whole Xavier thing, it's not only insulting to the audience, but it's kind of insulting to the character. He's diminished Xavier's character slightly with the resurrection, but he's also diminished Logan's character, because now he no longer has that history that's on him. Yeah. Does that make sense? So it's very... It is possible that Weapon X still happened, though. If it does he put more evidence to the contrary and he left it less than implicit. Because I have to imagine his consciousness left his 70 self and he doesn't remember what his future self knew. He, he, doesn't, he said in the end he doesn't remember from 73 and on. Right? And that's That close. was present day. Yeah, and that was... But that's, when that's they right. pull him out of the water he doesn't know what the hell happened. That's right, but, but again... Since he woke we up in that room with the strange woman. Weapon X happened yeah. from that moment. So he still him. doesn't know the X-Men. He doesn't know Xavier. That's right. So it could have still happened. It, it could have still happened, but again, because Stryker's out of the picture and Mystique took him, Singer put all the evidence to the contrary. Yeah. So which is, which is why I'm saying if he wanted that part, a big part of Logan's story arc to be present, it was way less than implicit. So again, it's like, okay, well, you've taken this huge chunk of this character's history out of there. That's kind of a big blow to your, to your front-running character. That was, to me, that was one of the second of huge five huge elephants in the room. Was, yes. man, you just took Logan's character and gutted him. The second elephant in the room, and the one that bugged me the most, is why Kitty Pride has the power to send consciousness back in time. Because... Brian Singer's... So it makes no sense. Brian Singer's asshole is Pandora's box. So he decided <laughs> to say, I need a plot-driving element so time travel can happen, and I will get to the time travel as the fourth elephant in the room. But okay. you had a telepath there with Xavier. Yes, yes. So, so there's no reason that Kitty so should have done that. Just a quick refresher on Shadowcat's powers. She, and whomever she touches, can briefly pass through solid objects yes of, of basically anything material how that translates to being able to admit electrical waves from your fingers like the way Gene and Xavier would hover hover over someone's head yeah. and transport someone's consciousness to any date in the past why not the future or any other time God only knows it's just the past okay is completely from nowhere there's no explanation. Yeah. There's no hint. There's no, like, oh, yeah, by the way, read the X-Men Days of Future Past movie edition comic book where it explains this zero. Nothing. There's nothing. And it, you're right. It was very bothersome. It, it was, was done solely because she is the journeyman in the comic story, and they wanted to give her more to do. Exactly. That's right. That's right. So she needed to do something, so they gave her extra powers. But the part that pisses me off... This would have been so easy for Rogue 
to borrow the powers from Xavier that and for is, her to do it. That is correct. And to add insult to injury... They cut all her parts. Yes, she's in the they movie and things. they cut her parts. So you have a, a, a plot element, which could have been brilliantly done because we know what happened to her in the very first film, where she was unwittingly used to suck away Magneto's powers to, to use that machine. Yeah. So we know why she would be so reluctant to do something like that again. What a perfect little tiny story development character arc for her. I don't want to do this shit again. I did this before. Now I'm in more harm's way. You can actually make her a useful character again, yeah. right? They didn't do it. So that's what I'm saying. Do you go back and watch your own movies? Apparently not, because you had the perfect character who could actually absorb someone's powers, which is consistent with your own universe, and pull this story arc off and have a little bit of a character development of her own, and they didn't do it. Why not? No idea. You're killing me here, singer. All for revenge on Rat. I wanted to see her flying around and stuff with the powers of Miss Marvel. That's what I wanted to see. Yeah, I'm kind of missing that too. She has no. Uh, she really doesn't have any. She doesn't have anything at all. Aggressive. She's of any Suki Stackhouse. You all. Yeah, she's more aggressive in True Blood <laughs> than she is in X Men, which is. So yeah, I, I agree with you so far. So, but. Mind you, this is only at the beginning of the movie, and we're already ripping this thing apart. So it's it's uh, which brings me to the, that, to the. But the I, good part is that we get to see Bishop. That's cool. We get to see Bling Bling. What's her name? Blink. Okay. Blink Blinky. Okay, I'm about to get pissed <laughs> off because listen. Blink Blink. Listen, her name is Blink. Blink. And I'm not partial to. I don't like celebrities or anything like that. There's only a few actresses. That I'm partial to. Fan Bing Bing is one of them. She plays a character named Blink. And yes, she was one of the better mutants that they introduced in the future. Because she could actually do something. And she's really good looking, but that's beside the point. Yeah, she uh, can teleport people and stuff. So she was cool. I liked Bishop. He didn't do much. We get the fully iced version of Iceman. That was cool. Yeah. Colossus dies twice. Yeah, it's, there are some strange little things in there. But the, the third the third element, or the third elephant in the room, really, well, I guess we're on the fourth now, is the actual time travel story in itself. If any film directors, writers, or whatever are listening to this podcast somehow, stop doing time travel. <laughs> time travel is annoying. It's hackanide. It's been done every which way. And the problem is, everybody does it inconsistently. Now, time travel is, I understand time travel in itself, is theoretical physics, and we're talking about inconsistencies with the concept in general, but my point is, if you're going to do it in a movie, it has to be something like Terminator 2, where you're only, yes. it's, it's a one-way time travel. It's future to the past. It's just, it's, that's it. There's no other mention about it. This guy came from the past. We never even see the future. Once in a battle scene. He's yes, coming to, know that to make it bad. happen. When you start mixing intercontinuities and all of a sudden, oh, it's a... What did Beast say? Oh, it's a... It's, it's, it's only a theoretical the physics, river. but whatever the the traveler does in, in the past realm suddenly becomes a new one. Well, why is that? Well, the answer is Brian Singer just needs it to happen for his plot to develop. So it's it's very... Well, I like they at least set up both schools of thought of... You can try to change, and it either won't change, because the current is too strong. That's right. Or, or yeah, you right. can't can actually change it. And they did actually change it, so... 
Yeah, it was just strange. And, and, Good for them, but, I guess. But that's why I couldn't really understand what they were saying, because it's like, well, this is all theory, this is all theory, this is all theory. Well, the last few movies this was done in, I don't know why, but Star Trek Four comes to mind. Okay, the problem with Star Save Trek... Save the whales. Yeah, the problem with Star Trek Four was it was a joke. The yeah. movie was a joke, okay? They, slingsh- they slingshotted around the sun because they were testing their theory of time travel to travel back to San Francisco to save two humpback whales, to return them to the future, to save humanity. Now, this is a joke. Okay, funny, yes. Enter- yes. Entertaining, yes. The point is, that's the kind of film that time travel gimmicks are used for. You either have to make your entire series involved around it. Have you seen Looper? I hated that film. You hated Looper? I what? Hate, I hated Looper. Oh, Looper was great. For the exact same problem. Total time travel inconsistencies. What? Okay, well, that's a separate conversation, I guess. Again, yeah. I thought but Looper did it well. Even if... Okay, let's just say... To, okay, so even Looper did it well, Terminator 2 did it well. This movie did it very poorly. I need to go back and tell myself not to make this choice. It is being true to the source material, though. Sh- sure. I respect that, you know. I guess. I respect that. But, again, the way they went about it... There's a reason why they have adapted screenplays. Yes. If something doesn't work or doesn't necessarily work for a film, they change it slightly so it works in But in, in the comics, form. it's much simpler that Mystique doesn't have a change of heart. They just stop her. Yeah. They just take her. They don't kill it, her, but they stop it's, her. Yeah, it seems a lot simpler. Like, okay, we're going to go back in time. Someone tackles her. I you think. have to tell me to stop her. Okay, now we have a definitive moment in action where I need to be carried back to do this. They basically put him back in time. To go on this crazy wild goose chase of finding Xavier and Magneto and all these other recruited, or these few other recruited guys to just, I guess they were like trying to, it seemed like they were trying to restart the X-Men, but this entire time they're basically trying to stop two things from happening. But they kind of lost their whole... Yes, two things. The death of Scott and the death of Jean. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That should have been their motivation. Like, hey, instead of stopping the war, we can Which stop all this crap. But most of the audience is fine with because they were unjustly killed <clears throat> in Lost Stand. Yeah, those it was are just a bloodbath. Those are Ratner's crimes against humanity. Yeah, and he just decided, like, oh, these people need to die because dramatic moments need to happen. It's like, oh, great, thank you for putting that in there. It's kind kind of nuts, but anyhow, yeah, minor issues with. I mean, I guess you didn't find it as much of an issue, but suddenly. It's a, like ten years after Wolverine, and Logan already has white hair, even though he hasn't aged very much at all. He's buffer than he used to be ever, but he has white hair for some reason. Um, he somehow still has metal claws again, even though it was established at the end of the last movie that he's bone claw Wolverine again, which is really weird. I'm like, okay, how did the guy sucked it out? Remember Silver Samurai? Yeah, took his ripped his metal claws off, and then the bone claws pushed through again. At the oh, end yeah. of the Wolverine? That did happen. Yeah. But here he is at Amantium Claws again. It's like, well, make up your damn minds. That's what I'm saying. Do you watch your own movies? Because hmm. even a cursory rewatch will say, oh, yeah, he has bone claws. Well, here's a good opportunity. And they did in this movie, which I'm happy in the past because he didn't have a skeleton yet, which means Weapon X hadn't happened yet. Yeah. He did have his bone claws, which is cool. It's okay, get to see Bone Claw Wolverine. Um, but he still didn't do very much, unfortunately, which was kind of a, a waste of characters. Um... Anyways, yes. you can... The hi- highlights include Quicksilver. I thought he was a sweet character. 
Very funny. He didn't have a past or future baggage to deal with. His his motivations. They just had fun with him. Sure, he got to meet his dad, which is nice. Yes, they referenced that. And he had a good scene, which I agree was it was a good scene. My problem with First Class... What's his name? Vaughn? Who directed the first Matthew one? Matthew Vaughn, yes. Matthew Vaughn. And he's a producer on this one. Yes. Singer directed. One of the writers of the story. It was reversed in the last movie, okay? The problem I have with this movie and the last movie is they raise minor characters only to either be used once or never seen again. So while I... You're right. I did enjoy Quicksilver. I thought it was an interesting little scene <clears throat> to give him. I was... Sort of appalled that he was never used again, especially. Well, since I think the reason is because he does the jailbreak, and that's nice. But he's so damn powerful. Sure. That he could have stopped anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, but, but again, mystique. But but considering the urgency and the sacrifice of the plot given, you'd think like, hey, guess what? This is going to be a lot to swallow right now. We're from the future. Same explanation they've been giving everybody else. We're from the future. Arc, the extinction of our kind is literally at stake here. Can you help us? Yeah. Obviously he would have jumped on. But they didn't have him jump on because of the reason you said, which means, again, they basically used yeah, Quicksilver. When, they, when it came time to stopping Magneto in the final showdown. Yeah, Quicksilver was nowhere to be seen. He was watching TV. Yes. There was a scene of him watching TV, which is kind of <laughs> crazy. But because uh, he could have been there in a flash. <laughs> That's right. So they, he was basically like the characters from the first X Men, the first class. They're basically cheap gimmicks, which I, I was kind of saddened by because Quicksilver was the best of the minor characters they have introduced, and yeah. he was used the best. But he was also again he was used even less than the people were in the first film, which was really disappointing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really disappointing. Yeah. The same thing, uh, you know. Charles has this history of being overly powerful, so they made him without powers for half the movie. Yeah. Talk about... Okay, that's that's the final major annoyance. That's, that's <laughs> elephant number five, is somehow, because they need a weaker Xavier, the plot needs a weaker Xavier in 73, he doesn't have his powers... Yes. ...for some reason that we get yes, to. Beast comes up with a... A shot, a uh, solution, a mm-hmm. something, syringe. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> it's some medicine, sort of, some it's sort of medication. Sort of a, it's a generic cure in a syringe. It it uh, represses the mutant gene, and somehow that also heals the spine. While yeah, while at the same time, while like who's taking it, reconstructing his DNA temporarily. To, he, here's the which problem: isn't linked to his mutant power, so. But it is, apparently, because they need it to be, which is, again, like I said, what the hell are they thinking? Here's my other problem with that, though. It's kind of a side note, but but that did bother me was, okay, all of a sudden Xavier can walk in and he doesn't have his powers because he's somehow depressed. I was explaining to you earlier what would have been more interesting of a character development is saying if he really lost himself because he lost Mystique and yeah. he was only friends with Eric, if he started using his powers more whimsically if he was kind of starting to screw with people or make fun of people yeah. that would have been like okay this is Xavier at a low point we get this now he's going back on himself because he's yeah. thought about only using his powers for good but no they decided to strip him of his powers yeah. I literally thought he was doing heroin yeah, when he was strapping <laughs> yeah. his arm yeah it was just <laughs> him, he, it was him taking he was 
basically taking a drug, though. Yeah. Most people would say, like, oh, I'm taking this drug to expand my mind. He was doing it to close it, which was kind of interesting, I guess. But my big problem with the genetic cure, they mention it being a cure that something that alters DNA, was he basically shit on the entire plot of Ratner's film. The entire plot was predicated because on the he device. himself was taking a cure. Yes, the entire plot of the of X Men Last tells Dan everyone not to take it. In the it last was Dan. predicated on them finding a cure, even though there was nothing wrong with them. However, so, that's part of his his change of heart, though his development in this. But the problem is, we're talking two thousand six. Let's just say the film was contemporary yeah. with its release. Okay, as a timeline. If they've been searching for this cure, or if they've if mutants have been around for fifty years and they've been trying to like yeah, get we packed had this in, fifty years ago, you had this fifty years ago. What the hell happened? Why didn't Hank McCoy? S- it was much more temporary. <coughs> but the point is, they had Beast daily. He had to take it. They had Beast in the Last Stand. Yeah, they had Hank McCoy there. Oh hey, guess what? I worked on this formula back in the seventies. Remember Charles? They've taken that formula from me, and they're trying to develop it into something else. You know what I'm saying? Something. But yeah. they basically just used that plot They device. thought it was permanence in The Last Stand, and then it turns out that maybe months later, they get their powers back. Yes. Yeah, which... Because they guess, have uh, Magneto it's, it's moving the chest piece. It's implicit with Magneto. But then again, you know, remember when in The Last Stand when Beast gets near the kid, and he sees his hand turn back to normal, and he's all yeah. surprised? Well, why is he surprised? He's been suppressing his gene for 30 years before, just to look normal. So it, it, it was a very... It was At a very, some point, Beast just embraces how he looks and doesn't which, try to look human again. Which he did in the last movie, but in this movie they still have him looking human for some reason. Yeah. Anyhow, my, my, all to say that they referenced... They just basically shit on a plot device for another movie and kind of introduced it here as a very, very bad connection, I guess. Yeah. You can't connect your whole franchise and then just do very, very, very poor references like that. It's just, it just, it was, it was very sloppy. It was well, very sloppy. It, the, the part I didn't like is you have the epic wheelchair moment from the first one and then they play that same beat in this one when he opens the closet door and he, there's the wheelchair that can move automatically. Yeah, it's kind of a... It's like, it's the same beat. Yeah, the re- it was a reference for it's a sake. It's like him of getting reference. paralyzed again. Yeah. You know, it was a reference for a sake of reference, which I don't like. Like the here's way. the old chair, old but new it's again. Like, oh gosh, are you kidding me? Like you're just. Uh. It, it was. It was. Yeah. It was. Again, replaying scenes from the first one because the first one is the best one. It's the state of being pristine that Ratner changed his series to be at at the end of Days of Future Past. Back to this. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, if you're just going to reference the first one and make everything like the first one, shouldn't I just be watching the first one? Is that what you want me to say? You could have just said, hey, go back and buy the first film. That's how I meant it to be. <laughs> but I guess that doesn't make much money. It, it, it felt very... It, it, just, it, it felt really lazy to me. It felt very pieced together. Yeah. The references weren't connected poorly. They took apart two of the main characters. They kind of screwed up on the development minor characters were good they were much better than the first one but they weren't used enough <coughs> it's yeah I, I guess it just felt uh, 
it just felt a little bit um, bloated. It felt disconnected. It's stuff I do. I know a little bit about the comic because I, I read it recently. And I just wanted to throw in, in the comic, basically everyone's dead except Wolverine, Kitty, and Colossus. And Magneto is alive as well. Um, so it's, and it, it was Rachel Summers that sends Kitty back. Hmm. Right? The daughter of Scott and Jean. And, but here they never show that Jean as a kid, so they couldn't have Rachel Summers. Well, of all the things to retcon, they might as well have done that. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> like, we never knew that Jean had a daughter. But I would have believed that. If they had a Rachel Summers in the future, and be like, yeah, Jean had this daughter and gave it up for adoption. I don't know. I would have believed that. Yeah, that would have been a very simple thing to retcon. That would yeah. have required like. I would have preferred that than giving Kitty powers. Oh gosh. To do I, that, I actually, I don't know anything about the comic, but the the crew that you're referencing right now, like that minimal skeleton crew of all that's left, that's a much better plot movement. For yeah. Me, because that gives weight to when he comes back in the end, he sees Scott and Gene, and then he sees Xavier. See, all of a sudden, there's a kind of yeah. like a moving moment there that's lost. With the suddenly resurrected Jesus Charles Xavier, who magically has his body back for some reason. Yes. It's kind of a. Yeah. I also comment about the Sentinels. Okay. <coughs> yeah, I wanted more. A more, a bigger battle. Yeah, way more Sentinels. Oh my gosh. And the Sentinels of the future. Or even like the Sentinels that, that Magneto could control. Versus other Sentinels, they could have yeah, done that. Yeah, there's a lot of directions they could have gone with the Sentinels. My problem with the Sentinels of the future, though... <clears throat> and somehow Magneto can take a railroad and put it into a Sentinel and control the programming. The software. Uh, don't you just I get love... that he wanted to add metal <laughs> to it. That makes sense. Yeah, to give it a weakness. Yeah. So maybe he could break it down if he wanted to. That's what I thought he was doing with sabotaging. But hey, it's one of those giant leaps where it's like, oh no, it needs to prove that Magneto can... But the problem with the Sentinels mm -hmm. in the future was if you've seen the first Thor, yeah, that thing that comes down to attack Thor from Asgard, it looks like that. it's the same damn thing. It's the Destroyer. It even fires a beam out of its Thor. head. I, it's I, know, I know it's all Marvel, but come on, guys. I did think it was a great moment in this movie where with the Sentinels, uh, Beast gives himself the serum, and then the Sentinels stop targeting him, and then they go after Magneto. Yeah, it was a cool moment. Which gives Mystique the chance to shoot him in the neck. And, oh, Magneto. You mentioned Magneto. You have to be kidding me. That in Ooh, this, he in was this, tough. In this last battle with Ian McKellen Magneto, okay, he lights off the fusion core nuke in the Blackbird, killing almost all the Sentinels. And the guy stops this huge storm of metal, metal, except for one piece that pierces the side. It's so ridiculously over the yeah. top to say this guy has lifted the Golden Gate Bridge. He stopped. <laughs> it, he's lifting a stadium. I mean, concurrently in the movie, but in you're the saying past, he didn't stop the bullet. He didn't stop. One shard of metal, and we knew it was metal because it was a piece of sentinel that injured him. I just found it like, why? why? Are you talking about seventies Magneto? No, I'm talking about E. McKellen Magneto. Oh. Remember, yeah. he was stopping. Yeah, he was the stopping. shrapnel. He was 
Thank you, Kidami. So, of, shielding the place. Of yeah. all the stuff we've seen this guy do, and all the rest of the he's movies, old now, though. He, I don't know. His his reaction time is not as strong. Caleb, he just lifted the blackbird in the air, disassembled it piece by piece to expose <laughs> its fusion core, so Storm could light it up, and he couldn't stop one. Oh, yes. At that point, it's like, you might as well kill everyone because you're about to change it all anyway. Because it needed... that Exactly. Because <laughs> the plot needed it to happen. It wasn't because, like, yeah. Magneto was weaker. It was... <coughs> I just... Oh. And then, of course, Magneto's character in the 70s. He, he didn't have a character in the 70s. He was a... He was a tool. A literal tool. <clears throat> that, that was tough. I mean, good acting, but... He's on board with stopping Mystique from the execution because he knows... It'll just make things worse. <coughs> and he seemed to have a good plan of, I'm going to sabotage the presentation and make them fire at humans, which would immediately make the government go, no, we're ending the Sentinel program. Yeah, but then he decided to screw up his own plan by going on camera. And, and threatening to kill the president and all the board members. Yeah, and, telling, and pulling the president's bunker out of the White House. Obviously, Sentinel did that. He needed to do that. Like, it's yeah. not obvious... To, so instead of sabotaging and blaming everything on Sentinels, like you said, which would have been a good idea, you want to stop the Sentinel program? Make them fire on people. Perfect idea. I thought they were going to run with that. But yeah. he just decided to... There's actually the no thing. reason to lift up the football stadium. Because he wanted to surround the White House because they wanted it to be cool. It yeah, was, it was just a show. like fly. <laughs> it was a show. It didn't need to happen. Yeah. I think yeah, that's my point. It's it's just it was it was so, it became such a showy spectacle at some point that he was basically he was a tool, and I'm not saying that like oh that guy's such a tool, I mean most yeah. characters in this movie with the exception of Xavier and and Wolverine were basically tools. Yeah, and we don't see present day Magneto, but it's like I don't see him changing enough to where this is now a good future of him being friends. With Xavier, yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't think that was retconned. They're still frenemies or something. It would seem too easy, yeah, or at least back to an uneasy relationship like they had in the first one. Yeah, where they still talked and, but just just dis- and I definitely don't see Magneto and Mystique being an item after this. After he tries to kill her, no, not gonna happen. And speaking Multiple of Mystique times. being an item, so Azazel died. So where does Nightcrawler come from? Is he just <laughs> out of the continuity too, I guess? Uh, different parentage. <laughs> Somehow. I guess. Oh, uh, there was another red teleporting demon and another shape-shifting blue mutant that <laughs> got together. and Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, there were some, some very, very interesting minor things in this movie that were just... I, I couldn't get... There were just so many I couldn't get past it. Like, how did this happen? Why did they make that happen? Why does he have white hair? Why does Charles Xavier have a body? It's just, it was very... It kind of gave us... It just it, gave he, they too were much in, of a the writers were in a tough position for, for what they wanted to do, what the end result to be. I, I get what you're saying, don't get me wrong, but you and I just, just came up with two solid ideas... That would yeah. have carried the same thing with none of the problems. Like, it would have carried the same plot with none of the problems. Like, even, like, don't have Xavier and make it Magneto's idea. 
Yeah, why not? Oh, but then you need a telepath. Sure. Which, well, fuck it. Which... Find another telepath. Well, yeah, I don't they would know. just find Or the... use Rachel Summers. They would just find the body with uh, Xavier's conscience in there. Oh, yeah, maybe he still has... And stay true to his whole... And use Rogue or something. But my point is... But you see what I'm saying? My point is, what, we have 30 yeah. minutes of but thought Patrick into Stewart's this? Patrick Stewart's so iconic and such a... A, a brand. <laughs> you know, he's a... I get it. He's such a figure. I get it. It just seems that they had to use him. It just seemed lazy and very disconnected to me. It wasn't, uh... Yeah, I don't... It wasn't... It wasn't all that great for me. It just... It seems yeah. like since 2000, they've all steadily gone on the downhill slope. Yeah, but, I mean, Mystique is really hot, so there's that, and other good stuff. <laughs> really? So I'm supposed to rate the movie another star because of that? <laughs> I am. It deserves a star. No. It's own star. Not even Fan Bing Bing will let me rate that another star. Um, I kind of wanted Gambit to show up. I would have been fine with that. Even if it was Channing Tatum? <laughs> no, he's the OG Gambit. Taylor Kitsch, whatever. Uh, name is. How about some actual Cajun for once? Because that would... I mean, it, you're in that time period... Yeah, it would have you, been you've nice. You've established him in that time period. It would have been nice to bring in good, a really actual good first class. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Mystique sort of had her own brotherhood going on. Yeah. I don't remember any well, mutant who could make people throw up. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Are we inventing okay, powers are we here? Lazy, again, lazy <laughs> are with just powers. Inventing powers. Oh, look it. I threw my I, I showed him the palm of my hand and the palm of my hand turned into a biohazard symbol and everybody started throwing up. Like seriously? <laughs> what power is that? How, how do you how how are you not I don't even know what the other guy did. There was one guy with weird eyes. Yeah, he like looked at them and they all just started falling asleep. It's like another person that can make people fall asleep. <laughs> Come on. I'm like, okay. We got Toad, at least. No, that was like lizard guy. That was different. He had the, the tongue, though. Yeah, it was like a lizard tongue, and his face was all different. Oh, I thought it was, it was toad. toad at first, too, but then I'm like, no. He had the toad glasses. Different. His face was all weirdly deformed. Yeah. Something really weird. Darth Maul was wasn't least, in this. At least a nod to Toad. Oh, yeah, they, they're really running out of mutant powers, though. That's for sure. I mean, there's really nothing... Look at the last movie. A guy who somehow makes tornadoes from his hands... It's not very much different than Storm's powers. Yeah. I mean, I like the effort of the new mutants that they had um, with Sunspot and people. Well, Blink was definitely the new best mutant because we haven't seen <clears throat> someone with that kind of power before. And she actually used it well. She yeah. didn't just use it like some retard girl. She was like, oh, I don't know. Or, some, or like Jubilee or throwing fireworks or something. Yeah. Yeah, Jubilee never shows up in anything. Hooray. <laughs> I'm happy. Not a fan of Jubilee. Yeah. But still, she was significant in the comics. Well, I guess we'll see what happens with the X-Men Apocalypse. X-Men, yeah, I mean, at the very least, they, they set up this sequel. Apocalypse did have his four horsemen in the back there. He did. Which is kind of interesting. But it still begs the question. It was brief, but it was interesting. I mean, unless they show them fighting him through the ages, it looks like they're done with the young cast. I'm okay with that. 
Because the young cast, aside from aside from the big three, Xavier, Magneto, and Mystique, there's no one left. There's no one in there. And the OG cast is getting old, so they probably got one more good movie in them before they just Ugh. get just let too the damn old. thing die so we can move on to another so franchise. Apocalypse will have to be just the end all be all finale. I hope so. I hope they have every mutant Stuff. on on one side just kicking ass. Yeah. Fighting the four horsemen. That that could be a dream. Somehow come Angel will come back as Archangel. Uh no, actually if they go through with the comic, as far as I know, Archangel is death. He's the one of the horsemen. He's yeah. the fourth horseman. So they can bring him back. He stole my position as the fourth horseman. I'm kinda pissed <laughs> off about that. I should be the one riding the ashen horse. Oh well. Well, there you have it folks. Despite my ranting, I did rather enjoy it. I was very entertained by it. I want my money the, back. The whole time. But I'm biased towards X-Men. I like those guys. I'm biased towards not spending my money on and movies. I do have to appreciate just the sheer ambition of the two casts of characters and all the mutants and what they at least tried to do. I have more ambition than they you do. Know. I mean, the Wolverine barely had any mutants in it. So, it bad. was nice to see some old faces again, however briefly. You know, I felt like, how old was I in 2011? I felt like I was 12 again. It was a good callback. It just confirmed my theory that the first one is the best one, because yeah. he made it like the first one. Again. But when you have, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, this is the 7th X-Men movie. Because I'm including the two Wolverine movies. Oh, how generous of you. When you have your seventh movie and none of it was planned out, so we're just making this up as we go along, then you get, just got to work with what you have, you know. You got to do the best you can. So. You are merciful as always. We shall see what the future is. But this makes me want to. There was this animated series that lasted one season called Wolverine and the X-Men. It's excellent. Spellbinding. It's very much inspired by Days of Future Past, this futuristic story. And it makes me want to watch that because that was the better version of this story. Interesting. And it's really All from quite a cartoon, good. huh? Yes. Yeah. Impressive. All right. Take care.